Hello and welcome to Fair NFL, the podcast all about fair, uh, fair, <laughs> all about uh, NFL games and occurrences. I'm one of the co-hosts, Gammy the Fair, and I'm here with. Now leave me with the other co-host, Pretty Awful. And this, of course, is Fair NFL. Um, the Super Wild Card Weekend kind of lived up to his name. What do you think, uh, Greedy? Yeah, we were uh, listened back to our last episode last week, and we were wrong on some games and correct on some. Uh, too surprising. Um, I just want to say I was correct yeah. on every game, sir. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but you were also wrong about how clo- our blowout uh, the Bengals game was going to be and but i still (laughs) hit all my picks yes you did congrats on that thank you thank you but uh crazy weekend and yeah it kind of uh gives you the set out for next week and i think this week is going to be a good one as well yeah i think this week's going to be better than last week i think these most of these teams are pretty evenly matched and um i should say we shouldn't have a blowout this week and which means we'll have all four games be a blowout. Yeah, all games will be blowouts, yeah. Because they're like, oh, yeah, this game was going to be a blowout, and then it wasn't, and then what you going to do? Well, I will say, speaking of games that looked like a blowout, the Chargers versus the Jaguars. Now, oh, yes. uh, this game was, what, 20, uh, 27 to 0 or something at one yeah, point? while you're watching uh, Beetlejuice. <laughs> yeah, we went to the Beetlejuice musical, and... During the intermission, I pulled up my phone. I'm like, oh, damn, it's 20 to zero or whatever. And then, the you know, then we went back to watching the musical. And then after the musical, I turned my phone on. And I'm like, oh, damn, it's 20 to or 27 to to uh, 20 or whatever or whatever, whatever it was or 30 to 20, 20. And I'm like, oh, man. And the whole ride, whole ride home. I was just like in my head cheering because everyone else was just like talking about the music. I'm like, oh, my God, the Jaguars are going to do it, baby. You're like, shut up, Trevor Lawrence. (laughs) Shut up. I got to see Trevor Lawrence's beautiful hair. But I mean, look, I'm not going to say that the Jaguars were perfect by any means on Sunday. And of course, the Chargers were definitely uh, they lost a lot of steam for some reason at the second half. I don't know if they played too conservatively or whatever, but. The Jaguars came out and, you know, Trevor Lawrence threw, what, four picks in a row or something like that? Not pick sixes, but, you know, four interceptions in a row. And uh, he came out and he started, I mean, he just immediately started playing better in the second half. And I guess, you know, you got to close, I mean, you got to close out game strong. And as I usually say, uh, the fourth quarter is all that matters. Yeah, and it's definitely, definitely you're definitely right about that. And it's crazy how it was 27 nothing. I was just watching this and I was just like, oh, you know, this is not going to be a game. This is boring. I even messaged uh, you, and I did post that the wrong uh, t- uh, channel in Discord at once, but I realized that. But I was like, oh, this is not even going to be a game. And then somehow Jaguars clawed their way back. Everything in that first half, it was just going towards uh, Chargers' way. Uh, they just look great. They look like they're, uh, they're going to be the top, you know, competitor. Like, they're going to be the best uh, – the best team in the playoffs, and then all of a sudden they just fumbled it. And you said uh, they looked too conservative in the second half. I don't think they were conservative at all, and I think that's where the downfall came from. Is uh, Justin Herbert started throwing picks, and then the, the offense was throwing interceptions, and it was just and the defense just kind of let up. The defense, I guess, let up the gas or something, or they just got outgassed or something. 
And it just it was bad. And I know if you watched this whole game, you would have been swearing and everything in the first half, and then you'd have been like, Oh yeah. The second half. So and that's yeah. how that's kind of game it was. And it was just unbelievably shocking how uh the biggest blow or blowout. I I did this last week episode too, the blow off, but blowout, uh it was the Chargers and uh, they're they're not Looking too hot, and uh, Brandon Staley to this day still has a job, but they've hired the offensive coach, uh, coordinator, uh, Joe Lombardi, and uh, another guy, too. I think he was like quarterbacks, That's quarterback coach. Yeah. And um, so we'll see if that makes a change or change to that offense. So we'll, we'll have to wait and see until next year. Yeah, immediately after the game, I'm pretty sure Justin Herbert and a lot of other players were like still behind. Um, their head coach and i don't know i mean i mean this this has got to be one of the worst uh playoff losses we've seen in a while uh and you know even last year with the teams that were booted out in the first round last year i mean those teams seemed to to at least hold together better than the Chargers did uh this week and you know the the second half of this of this game i mean the Chargers only scored three points and they missed a field goal which probably would have gotten them the win uh, sometime during the fourth quarter, they they went down the field and you know the, their kicker Dicker the kicker uh, didn't hit his field goal and I and that would have probably sealed the game in this game's case because you know the the Jaguars went for two they didn't get it the first time they did get it the next you know the next time but you know the Jaguars pulled off a sneaky win here it was a big win I mean that was a big comeback and you know as we saw with the Vikings you know you, you can really never count a team out even even though the Jaguars went into the to halftime with only 7 points on the board against you know almost 30 uh they were still able to come back and 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 beat the snot out of the Chargers secondary so um, good work for the Jaguars to possibly be just eliminated in the next round but hey good work yeah, you know, I mean, I don't want to uh, be the team that Jaguars had to, or uh, I don't want to be the Jaguars and facing the team that they had to face this weekend. That's going to be a little rough, and unfortunately, but, you know, good for the Jaguars. What a great turnaround they had compared to the season before where Urban Meyer just completely dismantled this team, and now they won the playoff first time, or first round playoff game, and that's quite impressive if you ask me why can't the browns do that yeah why can't we do that um yeah i was gonna say well i was gonna say something else but i forgot what it was so oh well um but yeah you know good win for the jaguars uh you know a, a win in the playoffs is still a win you know and i think i remember what i was gonna say i think next year they're gonna be um a bit more fiercer of competition uh throughout the entire season you know i think one more off season with Doug Peterson and they're probably going to build their roster a bit. And, you know, with the, with the, with the draft and stuff like that, you know, who knows who they'll pick up, you know, just uh, as veterans come in and, and stuff like that. So I, I think that they're going to definitely strengthen uh, their, their offensive attack and, and probably going to strengthen their defense as well. I mean, they, they, you know, they, they've been playing pretty good down the stretch here, but um, yeah, I think next year is going to be the Jaguars year to go a little bit farther in the playoffs uh, as, as I'm, going to pr- predict later on I, I do think that they're going to lose to the chiefs later but that's that's for later yeah uh, just a little hint for later um but yeah i it's amazing chargers uh probably the biggest upset and 
I'm really, I'll really be shocked if Brandon Staley is still coaching this team next year. So, but we'll see. Ah, speaking of upsets, there was a game that almost had an upset: the Dolphins versus the Bills. Um, greedy, worry, what happened? <laughs> yeah, don't worry about me starting off a game. No, I'm kidding. Sorry. Um, I had a perfect transition, and you just fumbled it. Nope, nope, nope. Speaking of fumbles, uh, yeah, the Bills. Uh, they needed to clean up uh, those turnovers. Uh, that the turnovers absolutely derailed the Bills in this game. And Josh Allen, he needs to learn how to like control a little bit better. Like I know they're doing like good offensively wise, but you know when you're slinging the ball, you know for 300, 400 yards, yeah, you're gonna cause a turnover here and there, and that's what's killing the Bills right now is these turnovers. And the defense also hasn't been looking that hot. Um, I mean, to almost lose to the Bill- Dolphins uh, and Skylar Thompson, that's pretty pretty crazy. And uh, I will say right now, if the uh, Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle could catch a few, like at least four more passes, they both had significant drops, I think the Dolphins would have won this game, and that would have been a huge, huge upset. And the Bills, just, they fumbled, fumbled the – the, well, they didn't fumble, but they just their turnover was after turnover, and it was all Josh Allen, and that's a big issue, and he definitely needs to clean that up. Comparing uh, to what he has, what team he has to play this weekend. Yeah, it seemed like he regressed a bit, and uh, he went back to like you know first or second year form. You know, I re- I remember watching those games in his second year, and you know I was definitely I'm definitely still rooting for him, obviously, and I would like to see him go to a Super Bowl, but. You know, I'm just like he definitely looked like his first or second year with the Bills where, you know, he was he was getting a little bit confident, maybe getting a little bit too um, a little bit too cocky with how he's handling the ball and stuff like that, because he did fumble. Uh, I think he fumbled two times in this game and mm-hmm. he also had a couple interceptions and you just I mean, against the Dolphins, it's like, OK, you can you can come back from that. But, you know, against tougher competition they're not going to give you that chance to stop them on a fourth down or or you know stop them to only a field goal you know and i don't i don't i, I think the bills defense has lost a little bit too much talent over the past uh, couple weeks here um and I, I don't know if they'll be able to you know stay strong throughout the next week of football here um for for the dolphins i mean everyone had counted them out and honestly it was justified that everyone counted them out but uh, there was like a flip, uh, a switch was flipped, and all of a sudden, like they just started firing on on all cylinders. And you know, after the game, their their coach was complaining that um, there was like a a fourth down that he thought they converted, so they put out like the first the first down guys, and you know, it, it got back, or it was like a third, it was a third down that they they thought that they converted. Um, and I don't know if that was just like the referees dropping the ball there because they tell the coaches what down it is before we know what down it is. Um, who knows what happened there, but that, that, that might've cost them a timeout or something like that, that could have helped them in the long run. And I guess this is just a good place to say it. Like the refs, these past like year have just been horrible at their job. I don't know what the heck is going on. So many missed calls, so many fake calls, you know, teams have to overcome like these terrible, terrible calls. As we'll talk about in a little bit, there was a terrible roughing the passer on Kirk cousins that was in like not even there. I mean, the guy tackled him so softly, he practically put him to sleep and, you know, and put a blanket over him, you know, and this game was, I mean, no different. There were some weird calls in there and, 
Uh, it, it seemed like every single playoff game had something weird going on. Maybe not the Bengals Ravens game, but there was definitely a few things here that you can point to. And that that's just something that the NFL has to work on. Like we need consistent ref, you know, uh, you know, ref ball, you know, we need consistent, like good penalties and stuff like that, like actual penalties, you know? So I, I don't know. It, it, it's something that also like affected the Chargers game too. Like, you know, Joey Bosa, I mean, he was getting held on a couple plays and the, the flags weren't thrown. He got frustrated through his helmet and that costed the Chargers, um, uh, you know, or that gave the Jaguars like a free first down there. And I think that happened twice where he got frustrated and he yelled at like a ref and said something to a ref and he got flagged for that. So, you know, we just need like across the board consistent refereeing, you know? Yeah, refereeing is definitely a big issue here uh, in the past couple of weeks. Um, luckily, it wasn't that bad as you're making it out to be. You know, uh, but there was a couple of calls. You're just like scratching your head like, what the heck? Um, it's, I mean, we've definitely seen worse. And uh, we know the ref's uh, baby boy, uh, Tom Brady, uh, got eliminated. So uh, hopefully, uh, you know, it'll be fair play across the board. But, you know, we still got Patrick Mahomes, who also is a very – uh, well favored in the ref ball competition. So we also have to watch out for that. But, yeah, I agree. And, and yeah, the defense did get a little str- – uh, what's the word? I'm frustrated. And But the Jaguars should be the one that's being frustrated uh, after last week because the Chargers were holding their wide receiver all game long, and they were not getting any defensive pass interference. And for them to – even come out with the Jaguars, even come out with the victory, you know, it's crazy because that was part of a big talk too, is how the refs were just favoring the Chargers the whole time. But anyways, back to the Bills game. Um, it's just, yeah, I agree with you. And and I think, like I said, if the Dolphins wide receiving core could have caught, you know, three or four more passes that uh, Skylar Thompson beautifully thrown uh, it was just uncharacteristic of uh, Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle to have two important drops, and they were definitely killers. Yeah, they they had stone hands for for those downs, and you know the ball was perfectly placed, and they just dropped them, and you know unfortunately that did did sink the team in the end, and it would have been a huge upset. I mean, the, the Bills have a lot going for them right now, and it would have been a huge upset for them to be taken off in the wild card. Um, so they have to live the fight another day, and we'll see how they do in the next game. Yeah, in the next game, uh, they played the Bengals, and the Bengals also had a rough outing out against uh, the Ravens. Here's another game that we're like, oh, yeah, it's going to be a blowout. You know, don't even watch this game. Uh, it ended up being uh, one of the, I wouldn't say the best night games, but probably one top-tier night games. And it... it Bengals barely also squeezed by uh, a win against a back third string backup. Well, no, Tyler Huntley was in yeah. second string. Yeah, second string. But if Lamar was in, I think uh, the Ravens would have probably won. And I know the running back, J.K. Dobbins from the Ravens, is very, very upset and also said the same thing. And that's also not good because that creates, uh, you know, some. Uh, animosity animosity in the locker room which is never a thing you want you know just ask the cardinals and ask any uh hard knocks tv show that they bet are uh the teams covered but i i don't know what happened to the Bengals. if the Bengals didn't get you know that uh 99 99 yard fumble recovery for a touchdown 
this game could have gone into overtime, and I think the Ravens could have maybe squeezed out a victory in uh, overtime if they did go into overtime. How many times did I just say overtime in the past 20 words? Overtime! Yeah. <laughs> uh... I, I do agree. I think Lamar, if Lamar is in there, I mean, Tyler Hunty played pretty well. I mean, that fumble at the gold line was just a bad coaching decision to try and do a sneak from like two yards out. They It's a, it's a, it's a one yard thing or try for something else. Right. Um, so, you know, he actually didn't play too bad in this game. And I, I think, I think the Ravens kind of surprised the Bengals, but really we should have seen this coming because the Ravens defense has been pretty good and pretty consistently good throughout the year. Their offense has been what has struggled the most this season. Um, the defense is able to sneak them out of a couple of losses. Um, and it is, let's also not forget that this was also a, you know, a divisional game and a rival game, Bengals and Ravens. Third time they played this year. Right. It's the third time they played this year. And, you know, with that kind of factor in there, I do say like, okay, yeah, maybe we should have, predicted this a little bit better because it is a divisional rival they are rate they 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 are um you know rivals on the field the players are kind of like button heads throughout the entire thing so yeah both teams are gonna be playing their hearts out and i think the better defense was the ravens in this game but the Bengals just got lucky on that fumble recovery and return for a touchdown um so you know props to the guy the the that that um what is he a defensive end or whatever yeah, who, Chris he got up to like a top speed of 25 miles per an hour while running down to the field you know he had to get on the oxygen for about 30 minutes you know <laughs> um but yeah it was it was a pretty entertaining game all the way through and uh you never knew exactly what was going to happen next you know it was one of those games where you know both teams were really really fighting hard and i will say you know going forward for the Bengals, you know their o-line did did suffer a couple of injuries here in the next in the past like I think of the past like three games, um, they've they've slowly been losing some of those offensive linemen who have been protecting Joe Burrow. So they need to really work on that first and foremost, because as the records show and past uh, past stats show, you know, when Joey Burrow is is pressured, uh, he, he definitely does not play as well as when he's, you know, has a clean pr- pocket. Uh, so, you know, they need to really get those offensive linemen up the snuff. And I think that they can you know, really give the Bills a run for their money. Yeah, I agree, and yeah, I'll wait to say what I want to say later. But okay. yeah, I'll, we'll see. But it's gonna be it's gonna be a wild one for the Bengals and Bills. So, well, you know what else was pretty wild? The Giants, the G-Men, G-Men. versus the Vikings. Uh, this was a game that uh, I, I I mean I feel like I was kind of on an island going for mm-hmm. you know going yeah. with the giants here um i know coco from the discord also went with me with the giants but uh, i had locked them up with the risky lock i was so confident in danny dimes and his and and, and uh the the giants to upset the vikings and it happened it was a beautiful it was a it was a magical game to watch throughout the whole game the giants just looked really on point yeah the giants defense did let up you know a, a couple of of, of touchdowns and stuff like that. But I think in general, the giants are playing their best ball right now, which maybe might not be enough to get past the Eagles, but we'll get, we'll talk about that later. Um, but the Vikings just kind of really proved how fraudulent they really were. I mean, you know, they, like they have, a, you know, the Vikings should have a good passing game. They should have a good running game and, and just, you know, things weren't really working out for them down the stretch. And, you know, everyone's going to point to that final pass by Kirk cousins to the, to uh, TJ Hawkinson to kind of end the game on a two yard pass. 
but he did. I mean, Kirk Cousins played relatively well throughout the entire game. So I don't know if you really, you know, put the loss on Kirk Cousins. I would mostly put it on the Vikings defense, who we even predicted uh, would let up a bunch of points in this game because the Vikings defense has been consistently bad through the entire year. Yeah, I agree. And it's this just goes to show you that I always want to trust your gut. And I was just pondering back and forth. And, you know, I was like, you know, the Giants, yeah, they're they're great. They're well coached. But, you know, all they got is Laquan Barkley. And, you know, uh, Danny Dines, like, nah, they can't beat, you know, uh, the, the Vikings. And I was wrong about that. I'll own up to it. And I did end up switching my, my uh, bet to uh, the Vikings to win, and I, I just deep down, I was like, I know I shouldn't do it, but then at the end, I was just like, all right, I'm doing it, and I should have stuck with the Giants, because I would have been uh, along with you and Coco and getting that pick right, but it's just amazing, and, and like you mentioned last episode, how fraud, fraudulent, fraudulent uh, the defense, uh, the Vikings defense is, and it really showed here, and the offense, you know, yeah, I mean, the Giants did just win by one score uh, touchdown. Um, but the offense just didn't seem to connect, and it just lost that, you know, Dalvin Cook dominant game that uh, we saw earlier in the season when the Vikings were, you know, practically undefeated. And But the the Giants come in this week, and they, they were the underdog, and uh, we'll see how long. Uh, I think this will be the Cinderella story team for, you know, there's always a Cinderella team story. Uh, every year in the playoffs, and I think that will be the Giants today. Yeah, last year, year, last year, yeah, last last season, we should say what it was the Bengals. I think this season it's the Giants. I think they're looking to upset another team coming up. Um, and I honestly think that the Giants head coach should win. You know, co- like co- coach of the year. You know, like yeah, he absolutely. he is he has coached up these players who everyone wrote off. And he's like turned Danny Dimes into actually being Danny Dimes. And they're not just leaning on Saquon Barkley anymore. Like the whole team has come together and they are playing good football. So, you know, if that's enough to get them even farther into the postseason, good on them. Uh, and I'm just I mean, I mean, I might be like a a, 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 a Giants fan coming in next year. Um, because they've just been a fun team to watch. And, you know, I, I know that they kind of had like a cupcake schedule this year, but I think that was perfect for them because they were a gr- they were still a growing team going into this year. And they've definitely come into their own. They've definitely shown that they deserve to be here now. And uh, all these Vikings fans can skull in bed w- with their with their tears and their in their in their horns. You know, what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, I agree. All right. Um though the so that's that's the wild card i mean there was essentially two blowouts this weekend or last weekend um the seahawks 49ers started off pretty close but then brock purdy woke up and got things done um and that was really great to see him you know get going and and take out the seahawks here which we thought was gonna i mean it did turn into a blowout but you know that that first half i mean the seahawks had the lead and then the 49ers just they they woke up and they they took took them to town yeah, and Brad Purdy, uh, he's definitely looking to be Mr. Relevant, not irrelevant. And I don't know how many times we're going to make this joke in the podcast, but I'm going to continue saying it. But it's just, yeah, I don't know what to say. And that defense, uh, they kind of woke up too. And, you know, it's always about going into the half and making those key adjustments. And that's what uh, the 49ers did. And they... 
practically shut out the 14 or the Seahawks uh, the second half. And then Cowboys and Buccaneers was another kind. It was pretty much a blowout until garbage time came around yeah. and Tom Brady's padded his stats a little bit. Um, the I guess the one thing that the one takeaway from this one is the Cowboys kicker uh, mayor, whatever his name is, missed four extra points in a row. Um, but he eventually got one. So that redeemed him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. He got one. And I, I don't know how you missed three kicks in a row. Four, uh, four, yeah. Four kicks in a row. is uh, beyond me. Maybe yeah. he had the under, I don't know. Yeah. And Tom Brady also gave like some heartfelt speech to the reporters and, uh, people are expecting him to either retire or leave the team. I'm guessing he's going to leave the team. I mean, what's he got at home? You know, he divorced his wife and I mean, was he going to sit there and just, you know, Google at his rings? I don't know. I mean, obviously yeah. he has a pretty lucrative like booth job coming up eventually. Um, but for now, I, I do think that he's going to stick around for at least another year, switch teams, I think, mm-hmm. and, and see how it goes. Uh, I've already predicted in the discord, but I, I think that he might go to the Raiders and I obviously ever, and there's also people saying the 49ers, but I don't know. I think the 49ers are okay with the talent they have right now. And, you know, we'll, we'll I guess we'll have to wait and see <laughs> if I'm the 49ers. I'd be okay with the town I have right now. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's move on to the divisional round. Ooh. Ooh. Not super, just divisional, just divisional. Uh, yeah. we'll of course start with the Jaguars and chiefs. I don't know how much we have to say about this. Why don't you start this one up? Um, yeah, yeah. I don't know. The chiefs, uh, I saw a stat today. They are the, Chiefs are the the healthiest team coming into uh, the playoffs. Uh, they literally have one person on IR, and I think that person ended up practicing today on a Wednesday. Uh, that's when teams normally come back and start practicing after a weekend of games. But, you know, the Chiefs also had a break. And so they got – they're well-rested. They're ready to go. Uh, Jaguars, they are frisky, um, but I don't think uh, they'll be able to – come back from a 27 point deficit and get lucked out uh like they did with the chargers but i think the chiefs will uh, i wouldn't say a blowout because after last weekend it was <laughs> like oh yeah blow up blow up blow up but um if the jaguars can pull this off uh they're definitely super bowl bound i don't know what to tell you but i think the chiefs will be uh an easy win today or this freaking yeah, I think the one thing that is just a little suspect is the Chiefs' defense, um, but they've played well down the stretch, so there's no reason to doubt uh, that they'll be able to at least put a bit of a slowdown on the Jaguars' offense. Um, you know, if the Jaguars start slow again in this game, uh, I mean, just count them out. I mean, I know you, I know you can't really count any team out at halftime, but going up against the Chiefs, who have such a lightning offensive strike. You know, you know, you want to say the Chargers are the bolts or whatever, but no, no, no. The Chiefs are actually the lightning strike, the bolt mm-hmm. of lightning, um, because they just they they kind of do whatever they want on the field. I mean, they play backyard football. They they play college yeah, football. They play professional. Around, you know, yeah. Lining yeah, up. <laughs> yeah. They're dancing around each other in the huddle and they're just doing these crazy things. And I mean, sure, that's just them having fun at the end of it all. But. You know, they're also a really competent and well-coached to put together team. So that's also frightening for an underdog such as the Jaguars, who are currently slated only to, you know, only, a, you know, the Chiefs are only um, up by seven, you know, in the in the predictions. So, yeah, I guess the, the Desert's also thinking that this game's going to be a little bit closer than people think. But personally, 
I, I think that the Jaguars are going to, they're probably going to start a little bit slow and not be able to catch up in this one. Um, and I think the Chiefs will win it too. That's why I'm locking them up. <laughs> okay. I didn't lock them up, but I did, I did select the Chiefs and I don't think this one will be uh, changing. All right. Moving on to the other Saturday game, the night game. It's this the Giants good one. versus the Eagles. And uh, I don't know about, I mean, I, I don't know. Um, let me look at your picks real quickly. Mm. Okay. I see. I see. I see. Uh, we are, we are opposites on this one. I do think that the Giants might be able to pull off the biggest upset of the playoffs here, taking out the year, like season long Eagles Super Bowl favorite. Uh, in one fell swoop. I know that they just met recently uh, before the playoffs and the Giants did lose that game. Um, but the Eagles offense wasn't really moving too well before the bye week. And now, obviously, uh, not the bye week, but, you know, they were they had a break. Um, and now, obviously, that could mean that they get back on track and, you know, Jalen Hurst gets another week to rest his shoulder and whatever. But we've seen it happen before, Greedy, where a team goes into their bye and they come back in the divisional round of playoffs and just get destroyed. We saw it with the Ravens. We saw it with um, a whole bunch of other teams that I can't name right now. Okay, <laughs> and I think that the I think the Giants. I think it'll be a very close game, but I think the Giants might be sneaky enough. They, they maybe they've hidden enough playbook uh, to really give the Eagles a stumping. Yeah, and, you know, it's one of those, again, like with the Vikings, and I'm just kind of like, oh, my God, I don't know. And, not, you know, the, on paper, uh, the, the Eagles should blow out the Giants, but like you said, you know, the Eagles haven't been looking too uh, frisky in their, you know, their Super Bowl form that they all looked like uh, this week or uh, during throughout the season, and the Giants are red hot right now. But uh, the one thing that the – Eagles do have that the Vikings did is a better defense, and that's why I'm kind of you know like okay, I think they might be able to you know stop some of the big giant plays. You know, I don't think uh, you know they'll have any as much as uh, the Vikings uh, did in you know during the game. I think the Eagles will be able to stop them a little bit. Uh, I still think it's going to be a close game, but I think the Eagles might be able to pull it off. But, you know, that's good news for you because it seems like whenever I doubt the Giants, it's always a good thing for you. <laughs> yeah, if Daniel Jones wins this game, I'm replacing my Tom Brady cutout with a Danny Dimes cutout. <laughs> okay, I want them to win. So, uh... <laughs> And I will I will kiss Danny Dimes on stream. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, yeah, I mean, I, I understand why, like, you know, I, I was talking to Nomad when he was streaming and he looked at me super funny when I said I was picking the Giants. And I was like, well, you know, you're the guy who locked up the Vikings and gave mm -hmm. me an extra two points in the picks, though. You know, I'm just saying, like, maybe don't doubt uh, the Giants here. And that's just kind of my mentality going for like, yeah, you know, I'm being a, I'm being a bit risky here. Yeah, sure. I probably should go with the Eagles because they have A.J. Brown and they have that other great wide receiver and they have a okay running attack and Jalen Hurts is pretty good, you know. Um, but I don't know. I just have this gut feeling that the Giants are going to surprise everyone again. And I'm, I'm kind of hoping that they can surprise everyone again. Like, yeah, I do like the Eagles this year. And I, who doesn't, you know. But, man, to see the Giants go one step closer to the Super Bowl – 
and possibly take on either the Cowboys or the 49ers. That'd be kind of crazy. <laughs> yeah, it'd be. I'm definitely rooting for the Giants, but I want them to. I'm always. I always like the underdog. And the Eagles, you know, just recently had a Super Bowl a couple years. Well, it was more than a couple years ago. It seems like forever now at this point. But uh, the Giants, uh, if they could, you know, make it to the Super Bowl, I'll be rooting for them. I'll buy any dime gear and. <laughs> I'll be I'll be hooting and howling for them if they could beat the Eagles and uh, I know the next slate is uh, much much tougher, um, especially if they play the 49ers or the Cowboys. I think uh, they'll have an easier slate with against the Cowboys uh, than they would against the 49ers. But well, I guess we we'll have to wait and see until next week's podcast. That's right. <laughs> All right. Uh, Bengals versus Bills. Talk about rivalry games. I mean, these two yes. teams have met. Uh, they met last year. No, they didn't meet last year in the playoffs, did they? No. Well, uh, there's still two teams that are kind of, they kind of got a rivalry brewing. Yes, I mean, did. they got they got two lightning quarterbacks. They got a good receiving core on both sides. Uh, and I think the Bengals only have the edge in the running game, honestly. Yeah, uh, hopefully they can get uh, Joe Mixon going. Uh, they didn't last week. Uh, he didn't even have a single touchdown, so that's kind of suspicious. And, uh, you know, both of these teams uh, struggled against their week one uh, playoff opponent. So it kind of makes you wonder. It's like, yeah, this game could go either way. It could be, you know, a 10 to 7, you know, and going into halftime, or it could be like a 35 35 going into halftime. Um, <laughs> It all depends on the better defense, and on paper, I think the Bengals might have a slightly better defense. Um, Obviously, if Von Miller was still for the Bills, I would say the Bills uh, have the best defense. And I think this game would be uh, slightly um, favored in a different way, um, for my perspective anyways. Um, But I think the Bengals might be able to pull off – uh, quite an upset here. I guess it wouldn't be an upset, but I'm just banking off how Josh Allen plays recklessly sometimes. And I think that uh, him making that uh, interceptions uh, could hurt him a lot more this weekend. And if I know the Bengals won't be missing that connection, like uh, Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill uh, drop balls uh, against the Bills, uh, the Bengals. Uh, or yeah, against the Bills. I'm sorry, getting my uh, teams mixed up. Uh, I think, yeah, yeah. I think it'll be uh, if Josh Allen uh, is a turnover machine like he was against the Dolphins. Uh, this game is gonna go sideways real quick for the Bills. Yeah, the one key def- uh, difference from last week's two games that were close: the Bills and Dolphins aren't a rivalry. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. yeah, they played a pretty tough, two pretty tough games this year, but. There's no rivalry there. They're, they were just opponents going at each other, and the Dolphins went in there and just kind of were like, okay, I guess we can do something against this team. I, I, I take less solace in the close game the Bengals had because, like I said before, it's a rivalry. They're, te- they're two teams that are at each, other thro- at each other's throats, um, and the Bengals pulled out the win there. So I think the Bengals can do the same thing this week. You know, these are two teams that are pretty even in all fronts, except for, you know, a couple key areas like the run game for the Bengals. Um, I think that, you know, I said last week that Eli Apple needs to step up in order for the Bengals to get a victory. And 
you know, Eli Apple ended up uh, allowing a huge play that got the Ravens back into the game. So I guess what we need to happen is for Eli Apple to um, get a touchdown and then, and then, you know, and then the, uh, the Bengals will win. I guess that's how it goes. But yeah, I think that the one weakness that the Bengals have right now is their, is their back, right? I think their back is, is pretty, is pretty sus. And I think that the offensive line is also uh, not that strong right now on the other side of things. Josh Allen's not like not looking like himself. Like, like he's kind of looks like he's regressed a little bit, which is not a good sign because when a quarterback does that, they start making stupid mistakes. They get frustrated. You know, they turn into Tom Brady trying to scissor kick a Cowboys player who intercepted him, you know? Um, and uh, also I think that the bills running game just has not been there. I mean, I, they, they, they barely utilized Naeem Hines last week, which doesn't make any sense to me in the wild card game. They just had Singletary on the field. And I'm like, Heinz literally gave you two touchdowns, you know, uh, you know, against the Patriots. Like, why aren't we utilizing this, this player? Maybe they're saving him for this week. Maybe, but I wouldn't count on it. So I think that the, the, there's a few areas where these teams are kind of like, you know, weaker than the other, but they are also still pretty even all things considered. Yeah, it's definitely it's gonna be it's gonna be a good one, I believe. Which me saying that's probably not gonna be a good one. Um, but you know we would have a better understanding if uh if the events of uh, week eighteen didn't happen of how these teams would play each other, and unfortunately you know pray for all that and uh, much respect to the players and it it definitely I think it will be in their minds and definitely. Definitely will. I hope there's a tribute. Um, I shouldn't say tribute, but, you know, like a moment for what happened. And I hope uh, this is a good game. I hope it really does come in and uh, makes everyone happy at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah, I understand what you're trying to say there. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I think that, uh, you know, that if if that game had gone to fruition, I mean, who knows who would have won? You know, obviously the Bengals were up at at, at when the, when it, when everything happened, but you know, it was a very frisky and close game, you know? And yeah, you know, much love to DeMar Hamlin. And I'm glad that he's, he's, he's doing well. He actually visited the Bengals, not the Bengals, I'm sorry, the bills facility uh, last week before their wild card game. So, you know, he seems to be back and hopefully he's just doing some, you know, therapy and, and being, you know, monitored for the time being to make sure that he's all okay, you know, back to hundred percent. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, it's really great to hear that he pulled through and, you know, obviously that was a very striking moment for everyone around the NFL and even outside the NFL. So, you know, to see him back up walking around, smiling, shaking hands with his play, you know, with his, and, and hugging his teammates is, is something incredible to see. I agree. But unfortunately I'm locking up the Bengals. <laughs> uh, you're not locking up. I didn't lock them up. Oh, well, I'm picking the Bengals. Yeah, I locked up the Bengals. You locked up the Bengals. Risky lock. Look at you giving out false information. Well, you know, you were supposed to build up to that lock. You had a chance. Well, you um, started talking. I was going to lead my next sentence into that, but whatever. I mean, you can lock your team whenever you want. Don't wait. Don't don't mind me starting to talk. If you give okay, me a I'll moment, sure I'll, if you, you give if you give me a moment, I will just. And I'm locking up the Bengals. There no, you kidding. go. All right, let's move on to the last game of the week. Cowboys versus the 49ers. 
this is going to go either one of two ways. 49ers are going to come out and they're going to swing and they're going to kill the Cowboys. Or the Cowboys will play like they did last week and it will be a much closer game than I think it'll be. Here's the problem. The Cowboys had their really, really good, you know, record-breaking game on the wrong week. The Buccaneers were an easy co- opponent. They could have they could have done what the Ravens or Bills did, sneak out a win and then do better next week. But they wasted their potential in the wild card round and I feel like at this point the 49ers they saw what happened in that game and they go, "Okay. Okay, Dak, this is weaknesses here. This is this there and this is this here." And I think that they're going to run a clinic on the Cowboys. I'm just saying. Yeah, this game might open up, you know, like how the 49ers did last week against the Seahawks, uh, where they just kind of have a slow, rocky start. Um, But I think they will get it together. But like you said, this game could go, you know, the Cowboys come out lightning and the 49ers come out lightning. But it all depends on the better defense. And I know the Cowboys has Micah Parsons. Uh, who caused havoc on Tom Brady, and that was a big reason why the defense was so good. I don't know if uh, the 49ers' offensive line can uh, contain that uh, type of threat, and I think this is the first type of threat that uh, Brock Purdy has to deal with, is with the linebacker slash defensive end, uh, such as Micah Parsons, and that's going to... I think he, if he can get him into Brock Purdy's face... And cause havoc. Uh, I think uh, the Cowboys might have a chance, but you know, it seems like you know one you no know, plus equals a negative because uh, I think that if uh, Micah Parsons is able to get to him and uh, Mike Shanahan starts noticing that you know he's getting into his face, you know they're just gonna start dumping it off to uh, Christian McCaffrey, who's a you know electric electrifying player or Debo Samuel who's an electrifying player or you know Brandon Ayuk who's also a phenomenal agility player so uh, I think that could cause havoc and uh, Dak Prescott uh, he luckily didn't have a pick uh, interception last week but I think for sure that I could lock up you know him getting at least an interception this game I think uh, the 49ers defense is going to cause havoc on him um, but you know, it's going to be whether the Cowboys utilize, uh, uh, well, shoot, was that Pollard, Tony Pollard, uh, a lot. And if CD lamb can, uh, get open and if Ezekiel Elliott could get through that defensive line and that defense in general, I think it's, uh, I think it's going to go a little lopsided really quick for the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think last week, you know, Brock Purdy's it's his first playoff game. It's like his fifth game played in the NFL. I think he just has some nerves and obviously those got strained out. I think that the coaching for the 49ers is perfect for a developing quarterback. You know, uh, I think the coach was able to calm him down and and get him back on track really fast. And I don't think we're going to see the 49ers start off, um, you know, kind of shaky this time around. Maybe, you know, obviously I can't say I can't speak for the defense, but I do. I do think that the offense kind of started off rocky last week just because, you know, Purdy was a little bit nervous. I mean, on a big stage, everyone's watching him, you know, and he's got to, you know, play against a, a frisky Seahawks team. And I think that's just the nerves got to him at the beginning there. But I don't think we're going to see that this time. I think that the I think Brock's going to be very confident in the pocket. Um, and like you said, I mean, they just have too many key players that can really 
get that extra yardage. Like, you know, Brock Purdy does like a five yard pass to Debo Samuel and Debo just, you know, plows through several linemen, you know, makes them miss their tackles and gets a touchdown. You know, it's like, how do you predict that? How do you, you know, obviously it's not, it's not like you can't, you can't say like, Oh, Brock Purdy made that play. No, Debo Samuel made that play, but you got to have someone to throw in the ball. And Brock Purdy's that, that guy, he, he seems to be pretty confident in the pocket for his, his starting games. And as we've been saying before, there's not a lot of film on Brock Purdy right now. So, you know, the Cowboys are going off of, you know, four or five games this season, seeing how he plays, how he works. And, you know, I, throughout these five games that he's played, like I really don't see any downsides to his performance, you know, like he came out on his first game and he played really well. And I don't know if the Cowboys are going to be able to scheme too well against him. Um, so yeah, that, that, you know, all those things combined, like I do know the Cowboys do have a pretty good defense, so it'll be, it will be a test for the 49ers offense. Um, and you know, obviously the Cowboys have Dak and CeeDee Lamb and, and Tony Pollard in the mix. Um, but I do think that the 49ers are going to win this one. I don't know if it's going to be close or, or, or a blowout. I, I think it's more so good, probably going to be leaning towards the close side of things, but you know what? I'm going to lock up the 49ers. Yeah, I didn't lock them up. Um, Oh yeah, I did. Would not uh, you lock risky lock them, um, but I just did a normal lock. So I think uh, the 49ers will. You know, I think it's going to come down to a big defensive stop. I think the 49ers will get that big defensive stop or that big defensive interception, fumble, whatever. Yes. After saying, you know, I think they're going to blow them out, but you know, <laughs> after what, just going off of what you said, if that happens. All right, so there's our right. predictions for the divisional round. Mm-hmm. Let so, us know what you think. Yeah, let us know what you think in the Discord or wherever. Uh, we would be happy to hear your comments, what you what you, what you think is going to go down. Are we wrong <laughs> about anything? Let us know. Uh, but there were a few people who did wrong by their teams. Uh, we had a few firings over the past couple of weeks that have kind of built up a little bit. Obviously, we had some big time firings during the season, which we talked about, like Matt Rule and Nathaniel Hackett. Um, but, you know, right after walking off the field for the Texans, Lovey Smith, Santa was Santa. fired, um, which was actually kind of like yeah sad i mean i th- mm. i honestly think that lovey knew that he was being fired and so he said you know what fuck these picks for the texans in the future yep. and they exactly and you happened. know they won against the colts in that game and you know that moved the texans down on the draft board and you know honestly you know even though we've been kind of ham- hammering on you know the you know that lovey isn't that great of a coach like he did have his players playing pretty well towards the end of the of that of the stretch there and they even won against some really tough competition they kept in the game against a lot of tough competition um i almost i almost was thinking that they should have kept him on for another year but as we did say during the coach rankings or the hot butt rankings or whatever you want to call it um you know we both agreed like lovey smith was just a placeholder for this year i mean the texans were um, we're, we're hurting for a coach and, you know, league was under a lot of, it was under a magnifying glass at that point. And I think they just hired on Lovey Smith to be, um, a doorway guy for the next, the next hire to come in, unfortunately, even though I think he deserves another year. Yeah, I do as well. And, uh, <clears throat> I know they, they had one of the toughest schedules and, you know, they kept in with some of these teams, you know, like the Cowboys and these other teams. And I think, um, Lovey Smith will definitely should be one of the top candidates. Not not maybe not for a head coaching position, but maybe as an offensive coordinator or defensive coordinator. I'm not sure which side he really thrives on more. 
Um, but I think, I think, yeah, it's going to be sad. And, and it's going to be really sad that we won't be able to look at the screen and be like, Santa. <laughs> Yeah, like a, yeah, like you said, maybe he'll be picked up for another team as a defensive coordinator. I think he did play. I mean, his teams did play better on offense, so he'll probably be an offensive coordinator some somewhere in the offensive room because you know the defense for the Texans was not good this year. Um, but you know the offense was was humming by the end of it. I mean, they were switching out quarterbacks like left and right. You know. Uh, speaking of which, um, the Cardinals were also switching out quarterbacks left and right this year due to injuries mostly. Um, and Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury, who just got like a huge deal with the Cardinals to stay on for like five years or whatever, uh, was fired uh, after their last game. Um, this was a guy who, you know, last year the team fell apart completely halfway through the year. And this year they just never seemed to get their footing. And I think that was a big reason why Kingsbury is gone. Yeah, I they he definitely um, I, I kind of figured he was going to get fired. Uh, I think we had him in the sizzling seat. Um, but after they just kept losing and it all seemed like all the hope was lost for the Cardinals, I think uh, I think they were definitely uh, expecting this. And, you know, uh, there was many reports, and I don't know why this matters, but uh, Cliff Kingsbury was apparently uh in thailand or something like that as he got fired or something like that it's just kind of crazy but you know he just kind of knew i figured he uh he was probably like you know what i have money so i'm going to thailand so yeah, go on vacation yeah and... go on vacation and get fired or something like that it's crazy but and it's tough yeah. because it's really not all his fault you know i, I think that the cardinals just rebuilt a dad a bad hand this year they were the probably the most injured team this year go uh, not not just going into the season but also throughout the season i mean kyle murray he's still set the to miss most of next year due to injury so cardinals are probably going to be looking to get like a, a quarterback in the room uh, a mm -hmm. rookie quarterback probably um and once kyler comes back you know obviously he'll take over but you know that's one of those things is like i think the cardinals are just so injured this year it's like how can you really pull a team together when the locker room was was so dejected and on the the on-field performance was so lacking and there wasn't a lot of talent in the room um so yeah Arizona is probably going to be doing some sort of rebuild around Kyler Murray now I, I feel like it's again I'm saying like again um because uh you know the, uh, you know the, the JJ Watts retiring too so the defense is losing a key player there um they still have uh Hopkins there but as we've predicted before yeah, we, we think he's going to be moving on to a new team or possibly retiring. Yes. Uh, and, yeah, I really have nothing else to say. So, but uh, well, let's go to our uh, yeah. dance that we were so excited for the, for the firing. The Browns decided to fire Joe Woods. And if you catch the last week episode, I said, uh, don't let the door hit you on the ass on the way out or whatever. Um, this was about Joe Woods because uh, they literally fired him the next day, and I could not be any more happier. Yeah, the Joe Woods firing was a long time coming. Sure, the defense was playing better down the stretch, but still not good at all. Um, and, you know, when you have, I mean, we have a pretty talented defensive roster, so the coaching was definitely mostly to blame here. And I just can't believe that we didn't get rid of him sooner. I feel like our season might have been saved if we just left him. Uh, you know, we fired him after that Jets game, you know, like just just come on. Um, we picked up a, a, a new uh, defensive coach here already. Um, he's 
probably going to do better than Joe Woods. Let's hope. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Uh, I just don't really have much to say. Like, I just, I mean, Joe Woods is just plain bad. And he wouldn't admit to his faults either. Like, when, when he was questioned about, like, stopping the run or whatever, he just would say, I'm not concerned about it. It's like, well, you probably should be a little concerned at least about the massive gaps that are in the run game or, you know, the bomb plays being just kind of left on the field. You know, it's just, it's just one of those things where it's like, you got to have a little bit of responsibility in you and take and take some of the responsibility for, for how the team's playing, you know? Yeah. And I was listening to um, the radio and it was like, yeah, Joe Woods uh, defensive coordinator for uh the first quarter uh they had like the least amount of points uh given up per first quarter and they were ranked first in the in the quarter which means yeah the first quarter was great and then the second quarter it goes up to 17 percent or uh it was uh they were ranked 17th in the league and then the third and fourth quarter they're ranked 29th in the league of uh, allowing points uh in that quarter so you know what that means that means that there is no change whatsoever into the browns game plan so joe woods would dial up you know a great game plan but you know as the opponent's offense adapt and go into halftime or make second make changes to the offense and you know going into the second quarter then at halftime making those big changes it seems like Joe Woods never made those changes. It's like you can't have a one-minded like game plan, and it seems like that was a big issue with Joe Woods, and I didn't really understand that until I heard it on the radio. I was like, you know what? That actually makes really good – makes a lot of sense. And, uh, you know, I don't think we got uh, – we hired Jim Swartz as our new defensive coordinator, which is a great hire, I think, in my personal opinion. Um, I'm not sure how you feel about it, but – the one thing I think I like about Jim Swartz, he goes back to the four-three type of defensive scheme, which is four defensive uh, defensive linemen compared to uh, two three linebackers. So I think that's going to help Miles Garrett a lot, and I think Joe Woods did like the three-four, which is kind of stupid, but whatever. You know, we have some of the best uh, defensive linemen in the game, and you're only doing a three-four type of scheme, but whatever. I guess we'll have to wait and see. But you know, I don't think a much will. Uh, change until Kevin Stefanski is no longer calling our plays. Yeah, like I said to that statement before, I, I just I I think that you know at least with the defensive woes kind of t- you know tidied up, I think we'll be able to win more more games. Yes, I do agree. Like Kevin Stefanski needs to you know really dial in his play calling and get some like scratch some of these plays out of his book that just never work. Um, kind of like how Freddie Kitchens had the shovel pass and that never worked, but they kept trying to do it this year. It's more so like, okay, we're just not scheming, right? Like we're just not running the ball. And when, when running the ball starts to work, we switch over to the pass for some reason. And, you know, now that we have Deshaun Watson, unfortunately um, it's, you know, he's probably going to, he's probably going to be more so in his element of like, cause Kevin Savansky is a, a very much a passing kind of coach. He wants to pass the ball, but it's like, we have a generational talent on our field right now who is not a deviant of sexual deeds and he is one of the best running backs in the league and we're just not using him. So yes, I do agree halfway with your point that until Kevin Stefanski either fixes his wrongs, his misdoings or whatever, 
um, the team won't start to get better. But I think that really the big problem was like, here's the defense. We're losing to the jets in the last second because of that, or we're, you know, allowing the, you know, this team to kick our ass in the second half because of this, you know, like, I think, you know, with a defense being stronger, we'll have a better chance of winning most of these games. Even if Kevin Stefanski kind of doesn't scheme correctly, um, because a lot of those games were like, you know, a touchdown game or a field goal game, you know? Yeah, all I know is, uh, you know, I got a little heated with Kevin Stefanski uh, towards the end of the season. Uh, he can't he can't hide under Joe Woods anymore. And uh, I think, uh, you know, the hatred towards Joe Woods kind of uh, covered the, you know, Stefanski mess-ups and, you know, the bad play con. I think it derailed uh, the people wanting Kevin Stefanski. I know you can listen to some of the Browns fans and those say you know same thing we are and i i think you know it times now stefanski it's either do or bust and i don't know if it's if we are i will say week six and we're still looking like we did last this year uh i think he'll be gone by midway season point through the season yeah for sure. Um, All right. Who knows? So we'll probably keep on the whole year and then it'll just be another lost Brown season. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm willing to give him another chance this year. I mean, he's oh, yeah, got, for sure, but... I, I think an off season, you know, scheming with, I, mean, I say scheming, which sounds, which sounds kind of bad when you have Deshaun Watts's name in there, <laughs> Yeah, that's but true. they'll be working together more. Obviously, hopefully, you know, all the rust will be off of Watson. I complained about him all year and how, like, yeah, sure, he's got some rust, but at what point do you, like, start to get back on track? I mean, you have weeks and weeks of practices and 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 and, and adding a rapport with your, with your wide receivers, and he really only showed up in that Commanders game, and then he went back to sleep in the game against the Steelers. So, you know, we'll see how it all works out. I mean, as we, as I, at least I predicted earlier in the year, I think that Watson is just going to be a dud. We're going to spend a lot of money on him, and it's just going to be a completely Browns thing that he's a washed-up, no, you know, has been quarterback with a criminal record, you know? So yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens next year, obviously, but for now we can at least be happy that Joe Woods is out of the building and we can see how the defense works under new management. Yep. Uh, but we got a while to wait and see on that one. Yeah. It's going to be a long off season. And uh, um, yeah, uh, another firing uh, offensive coordinator for the, Chargers, I almost said San Diego Chargers, um, uh, has been fired as well as quarterbacks coach for the Chargers. Uh, we call these scapegoats. Uh, they got fired uh, so that the coach could have an extra year. Yep. Um, these two fires seem to just be the, you know, maybe appease the fans. Like, okay, we've got rid of these two guys and they were the problem, you know, but We'll see how long the Chargers head coach lasts if they're if they start to uh, you know just like with Kevin Stefanski, yeah. we'll, we'll see how long they last if they keep blowing these leads. Chargering yeah. is as they call it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Brandon Staley, uh, you know, he can still get fired, but we'll see. We'll see the Chargers do. I doubt it. Like you said, scapegoat. You know, kind of like with uh, Stefanski right now. Uh, it's kind of it's do or die kind of right now. So you better, better get your shit together. Yeah. I mean, once you fire the people who you claim are the problem or think are the problem and you still do bad, all eyes are on you. Yeah. All, and there's nowhere else to turn. You can't say like, Oh, it's this guy's fault. It's It's not because it's just the one person at the top of the tower. And that's you. 
Okay. Um, were there any other firings that you wanted to mention? Um, no, not really. Just some, um, yeah, no really important. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, um, hey, you know, if, uh, if Nomad's listening to this, um, hopefully uh, you get Kirk Cousins in the offseason. <laughs> yeah, uh, he's... <laughs> He uh, really wants uh, Sam Howell to be uh, traded, and they want Kirk Cousins to be the backup to uh, Carson Wentz, of course. Oh, yes, of course. <laughs> um, and they'll probably be hiring Freddie Kitchens, uh, firing John uh, Ron Riviera, and heading hiring Freddie Kitchens. Uh, should be a good uh, year for the Commanders next year. Yeah, they'll hire Johnny Mansell as a quarterback's coach. Yeah. <laughs> no, they'll, they'll bring him on as quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. his, you know, his quarterback we... coach will be Josh McCown. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, we Thanks. kid, of course. I hear him screaming into uh, the the speaker or something, whatever. I can hear him type in the Discord message right now. Um, but anyway, <laughs> thank <laughs> you so much for, for listening to this episode of Ferret NFL. If you want to listen to anything else that happens uh, on this on this podcast network, the Ferret 64 podcast is all about video game news and occurrences. That's another weekly podcast that happens as well. Or if you want to hear more of Greedy Waffles and I, uh, we both talk on the Film Freaks podcast about movies along with Tay, Mation Studios, and Callus. This past week was fantastic, Mr. Fox. And we were joined by Tay's best friend, Topos. And we had an interesting conversation there. Um, so make yes, sure you we're on a Wes Anderson kick right now. So that's right. The... Great movies by him. All righty. Well, um, Greedy, is there anything else you want to say before we end the show? Um, don't forget to clean your eyes. <laughs> the wrong podcast. <laughs> oh, so, sorry. No I'm kidding. Uh, uh, go Browns, I guess. Uh, yeah, the go off season Browns. Yeah. We can't be sad if they don't play. Hey, off season is when we uh, get excited and hopeful again. That's right. Just for them to shit on our eyes, I guess. You peak eye, peak eye alert. Watch out. Yeah. Uh, anyway, on that note, I Odell am... Beckham has entered chat. What? <laughs> <laughs> Got him. Called out. Um, anyway, uh, I am Yummy the Fur. I've been here with Greedy Waffles. And this has been Fair NFL. Let's ride. Yes, let's ride into a divisional round. I there had to think go. what round it was. <laughs> <laughs>